Can you imagine the level of a mind that watches wrestling? The audience wants to see action, adventure, wrestling, and plenty of it. Big men in tights, you know the drill. Rammer Slammer. Welcome to Rammer Slammer. This is Ben Flanagan, and it's time for our 22nd episode of the Wrestling Podcast from here down in the Deep South. And by the time you're listening to this, I will have been to my very first NXT show. They came to Birmingham at the BJCC Theater last night. As I'm recording it, I haven't seen it yet. I'm going tonight, and I'm super pumped, so I'll report back later. But on today's episode, I'm going to welcome my brother Graham Flanagan from Business Insider up in New York City, and we're going to start our series of top five on wrestling subjects, and we're going to start with finishing moves. And we're going to list our personal top five favorite finishing moves, and we're going to be joined after that by our pal Ben Stark, who is a huge wrestling fan and can't be left out of this conversation. So he's going to share his favorite finishing moves too. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying that we mostly focus on WWE and WCW, not mostly exclusively. And I know that we're going to catch a lot of flack from hardcore wrestling fans who obviously would include things like New Japan, maybe even Ring of Honor and TNA, where there are some awesome finishing moves to be sure. I am just admittedly not well-schooled enough to include those moves. I've seen plenty of GIFs and YouTube videos, but I would just be selling myself and, and you short if I included those as if they were my favorite finishing moves. So mine are all going to be WWE. Graham's got a WCW move in there. And, and for that, look, we apologize, but we don't apologize. They're our favorites right now, and as we get more familiar with the greater landscape in professional wrestling, we'll amend this list if we need to. But in the meantime, these are our top five favorite finishing moves. Enjoy. This is Ben Flanagan, and I'm here with my brother Graham Flanagan up in New York with Business Insider. Graham, how's it going? It's going well. Good. So we are starting something a little new here at Rammer Slammer. We've done top five lists in the past. We've done one. We did movie, or I'm sorry, we did wrestler theme music with our friend David Smith. This week we're going to try to make the regular thing, and we're going to start with our favorite wrestling finishing maneuvers. And Graham, I don't know about you, but my favorite wrestling maneuvers tend, or finishers anyway, tend to be slightly elaborate, and they bring a lot of power and, and clearly do a lot of damage on the, the opponents that the wrestlers are obviously inflicting with the finisher. And they they have a pretty significant impact that tends to determine the outcome of matches. And it always bugs me these days when finishers are devalued and they're undersold and they're kicked out of over and over and over again. And I, I don't like simple finishers like if somebody has a clothesline that's a finisher or like a typical wrestling move that somebody has just fashioned into a finisher i don't love that i don't think it's creative i like my finishers really creative and i like them to leave uh, a mark in a multitude of ways so before you before we dive into this what what is it about finishers or, or, or what kind of finishers do you tend to like well i i like yeah i like finishers where you know that that it's finished. It's, it's a, it's a punctuation mark on the match. It's like saying it's, or it's like saying the end, it's the end of the story. And this is how the story ends. And I agree with you. I think that 
Vince McMahon and WWE creatives tendency to allow everyone to kick out of every finisher uh, diminishes the the impact of those. For so many years, uh, for the most part, except in rare occurrences, a finisher means you were finished. That's the point. It's a you're finished. It's a finishing move. It's like you you can't kick out of a a fatality in Mortal Kombat. You know, uh, it's over. And I think that when they when they were execute when they're executed well after the narrative is built up to them, it's it's the best. It's just a clean, punctuated way to end the match. Okay, well let's get to it. You're number five. Number five for me. I'm gonna go with. Uh, and let me preface this by saying there's a there's a version of this that's done very well, that's been done very well by a couple of superstars, and it's the power bomb. And, and Batista has the Batista had the Batista bomb, which is great. Kevin Owens has the pop up power bomb, which is very cool. But after going back and on YouTube and watching a bunch of different versions of it, Diesel, otherwise known as Kevin Nash's jackknife power bomb, is my favorite version of this because he, it, you know, a lot of times finishers depend on how people sell them uh, for the person that's it's the recipient of the move. But uh, Kevin Nash makes it look like it really hurts, and I, he might be working a little stiff. But uh, there, are, I watched a lot of YouTube examples of of the his famous jackknife powerbomb. And man, you fall seven feet up, and you know land hopefully not on your neck. It looks dangerous, but it just looks like there's no way that you're going to get up from that because he just throws you down with such force uh, from seven feet up in the air. And that 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 always uh, helps, you know, build him as a as a, a force to be reckoned with, uh, mainly as a heel. And I got to go with the uh, with Diesel Kevin Nash's jackknife powerbomb. I like the powerbomb too, and and I think that people might say, well, it, it's a finisher that they give big guys, tall guys. Like it's, I don't think it's considered a throwaway because of how often it's used now, and we've seen a bunch of different variations of it. Like you said, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn has a power bomb that he uses. Seth Rollins does the 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 clothesline power bomb, or I think they call it the buckle bomb. So I, I like seeing all the variations. But you're right, the classic jackknife power bomb is great, and the fact that he's seven feet tall and, and, and people are falling from that distance makes it that much better and that much more devastating. So good take. My number five is another super devastating, powerful move, and it's from an active roster member, or part-time roster member anyway. It's the F5, Brock Lesnar's F5, which, again, I think it's just a really awesome, elaborate, and, and just totally impactful move where it's like, okay, that person is swinging in the air, is being tossed like a rag doll by one of the most powerful men on earth, let alone in the company, and they're falling on their face while twisting. It's just such an insane feat of strength by him every time, whether he's he's pulling it on a person who is of normal stature or if he's doing it to somebody like Big Show, which he has before. It's just a really a really a really awesome move. And again, it's it's one that nobody should ever kick out of, but for whatever reason they do. What's your number yeah. four? Well, I thought just a note on that. I thought about including the F five, and and then I just keep every time I see it, it's like I I really it's always exciting when when Brock picks somebody up, and you know it's about to happen. And the spinning part is pretty cool, but just the the impact of just kind of falling on your face doesn't really do it for me. It's like really, you know, you've you've probably taken bigger bumps in the course of the match, 
that that you know weren't prefaced with the the spinning and the being held on Brock's shoulders, but it just doesn't the 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 final impact of the F5 to me, it just doesn't it doesn't resonate with me enough to to go be in my my top five. I disagree just because again you've got the spinning twisting aspect of it, and it depends on how somebody sells it. I, I agree, like Randy Orton on this past episode of. SmackDown. I don't think sold it very well because his legs so clearly hit the ground before his whole body did. But if you go back and watch that that Bo Dallas Brock Lesnar segment, Bo Dallas sells all of the German suplexes extremely well. But the dude just falls flat on his face when he gets the F five, and it's it's so good. And I think when it hit, there there's are a few things better right now in the industry among active wrestlers. All right, my number four is Goldberg's spear-jackhammer combo. And I know that we're talking about finishing moves, but all, the jackhammer, which is, is technically his finishing move, is always prefaced by the spear. And you knew that when that spear hit that it was over, and the jackhammer is very impressive where he would kind of hold the uh, the wrestler up in the air before sort of a, a power slam to, to finish him off. And Man, Goldberg's run there in, in WCW is just amazing, and and it's we we every night on Nitro we we just couldn't wait for for at this point in the show when he would finally hit that amazing high impact spear followed by that jackhammer. Yeah, I, I love the jackhammer. It just seriously barely missed my list. Might be number six for me, and it's uh, the spear as you just mentioned there. It is the reason that the Roman Reigns spear. Or, or I don't know, Rhino Spear could never make this list because I mean your your finisher should never be an iconic wrestler's setup move for their finisher, you know. And it, right. that always that, that's always bugged me about Rain. It's a great move and it has a lot of impact, but it shouldn't be a finisher. So that's a good pick. My number four is I'm going to go with the only the only submission move. That that will make my list here, and it's only because it to me is it's one of the again iconic submission moves from one of the all time greats. It's the sharpshooter, the Bret Hart sharpshooter, and, and it was obviously used by Owen Hart too, and was was used by Sting in WCW under a different name, but Bret Hart made it his own, and you know it, it's it's painful to watch people do it now. Like Rock did a bad version of it. Cesaro does it as a tribute to, to Tyson Kidd and, and, and other Canadian wrestlers. Natalia uses it, I think, pretty well now in the women's division. But, yeah, that move will always be Bret Hart's. And once he locked that mug in, you knew it was over. Well, I I always thought – I was always more of a fan of the Boston Crab um, just because I, I, it just it stretches you out in, in you know way more than the sharpshooter because the sharpshooter is, like, basically putting a lot of – tension and, and force on your shins, I guess, which adds to the pain. But I just, I think that you can inflict more pain in a, in a, you know, in a work sense by doing the Boston crab. And there are other variations, you know, I feel like the greatest Boston uh, crab user was uh, Rick, the model Martell uh, sort of became his signature move. But then you also have sort of variation, another variation of the Boston crab, which is uh, Jericho's lion tamer, uh, which really, you know, stretches out those, those lats and, you know, it's, it's, I, I'm a fan of these types of moves for sure. But to me, the, the purest version of it is the Boston crab by Rick, the model Martell. 
I love the Boston Crab. I wish that Jericho would still call his the Lion Tamer, not the Walls of Jericho. I hate that name. Maybe that was like an intellectual property thing with, with WCW. Oh, well, they own WCW now. It doesn't matter. Um, okay, number three for me is one of my favorites is Razor Ramon's Razor's Edge. So dramatic. It's like he puts the guy up uh, like he's being about to be crucified. His arms are out like that and then just throws him forward. And it's a very dangerous move. Like, I, I don't think we never, like, tried to, to replicate it because we knew that you're basically throwing somebody uh, throwing their head towards the ground, and it's just extremely dangerous. You go and look on YouTube, there are lots of Razor's Edge montages set to some really stupid music, and uh, it, it's it's just an incredibly impressive move, and you got to give give the guy that's taking it a lot of credit to take it safely. Um, and and for, for Razor Ramon or Scott Hall to, to do the move, knowing that these guys are in a lot of danger, you know, it's really on the guy that's taking it to tuck his head in and make sure he doesn't have any neck or spinal damage. But, man, it's just an incredible finisher, one of my all-time favorites. It's my number three, too, the Razor's Edge. Razor Ramon was one of my favorites growing up, and, again, devastation. Just to watch that move, the guy going up in the air the way he does, it's so creative to me. Like, I just never seen anything like it by the time I saw him doing it. And, and yeah, I mean, it it, it sort of takes the powerbomb to a, a totally different level. And it's interesting because now Roman Reigns does this sort of not not take on the razor's edge, but he'll raise guys in the air as if he's doing it. And, and the announcers will even reference it. It looks like he's doing a razor's edge or something. And, and it, it ends up being kind of a powerbomb type thing. But I'm kind of glad Scott Hall's really the only guy that I can recall doing the move and that it seems to have been retired, but it wouldn't surprise me if somebody brings that out of retirement. Then. But yeah, I love the Razor's Edge. And the fact that he's six foot eight and he's raising guys like three feet higher in the air to take that kind of hit is just insane. Yeah, he's a tall guy, so you're going for a ride for sure. Um, number two for me is the the cross-faced chicken wing made famous <laughs> by Bob, Bob Backlund. You know, and we were talking about doing this segment I asked if we were doing submissions, and you said, yes, we were. Uh, and so I, I looked back at some Bob Backlund cross-face chicken wing uh, footage, and it, it's just – it's the most ridiculous thing ever. But if you look at what's actually going on, it's its way scarier of a move than that STF lock or yes lock that, you know, that are being used or have been used by Cena and Daniel Bryan. I mean, I, it's like your arm is – it looks like he's going to break your arm or your shoulder, and he's like – pulling your neck all the way to one way. But the way that these guys sell it uh, is, is just what makes it. It's just these guys that are getting it just look like they're just in absolute pain. And, you know, Bob would, would hold on to it for way past the, uh, the bell after the bell rang, making it look like even it was even more painful. There's an amazing segment uh, that's, that's on WWE's uh, YouTube page. You can find it easily where Bob Backlund is in the ring, tells Vince McMahon, if anybody can comes out here and can get out of the crossface chicken wing, I'll retire from wrestling forever. <laughs> and uh, and then um, and this guy comes out and he's a writer for WWF magazine and he's this little guy. Do you remember this? <laughs> yeah, this exactly. he, He's this little guy with a mustache and he's and Vince McMahon's like, well, so one of our writers for WWF magazine, he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna do it. All right, Bob, here you go. And immediately. Bob just cinches it in and just starts going really hard, and you hear the guy go, Bob, that's enough. That's enough, Bob. And Bob just keeps going, and this little guy uh, just kicks and flails around like he's in pain, sells it so well. 
uh, and and you know the all these security and refs come out there, and then Macho Man, who's on color commentary, is like, "That's enough," and he runs out there and tries to break it up. It's just hilarious, and it's just it's one of my favorite my favorite uh, uh, finishing moves and just and submission holds in history for all those different reasons for Bob Bob Backlund's you know comedic timing, and then also the way that the guys sell it just make it one of my favorites. A writer for WWF, the magazine. Ridiculous. I, I agree with you, and this is another one that almost made the list. It, it was scary. It was really, like, horrifying that during that amazing Bob Backlund run, which has to be the best of his career, the fact that he could resur- have a resurgence sort of in, in the latter half of his career, a comeback of sorts, and be in, like, the main title picture and have a rivalry with Bret Hart and have all these submission matches he was just a he was a total loose cannon, and I think for a lot of kids he was extremely scary because that move looked like it really really hurt, and it probably really does when applied correctly. So that's a great pick. My number two, I, I think, is is on the simpler side. Like I mentioned, I don't love simple moves, but I think the fact that this guy put such sort of uh, his his own just totally indelible mark on it, and with such a signature. And, and had such grace attached to it. It's it's the Macho Man flying elbow, which it just it's beautiful. Like it, whenever he hits that top rope, he puts the fingers in the air and he lands it. it. It again, like there are plenty of moves where guys go to the top rope, and, they, and I think the top rope is honestly poorly utilized these days. And I think that we should see more finishers from the top rope. I wish Kevin Owens instead of the top rope powerbomb. I wish he did the frog splash that he does mid-matches as his finisher. I love the Seth, the Seth Rollins red arrow move that starts on the top rope. I want to see more. I know it's dangerous, but these guys are so talented. I think they can pull it off. But, yeah, Macho Man, one of the all-time greats to me on the Mount Rushmore of, of pro wrestling. And this move was just so, like, refined for the time that I've gone back and watched it now. And, yeah, I can acknowledge its simplicity. But it's another one of those where once he hits that, if 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 he finally hits it, it's over. Like you said, and and yeah, you know, I'll I'll admit he's one of my favorites. So the fact that his finishing move, the the fact that he's one of my favorites, probably his finisher is one of my favorites. So yeah, that's my number two. Yeah, I thought about including like a, a top turnbuckle aerial uh, finishing move on here. And I thought about Macho Man. Obviously, it's a classic. But man, he he takes so long up there, and he, when he he puts his hands and points to the sky and everything, it's like gives you so long to move out of the way, and nobody ever does. <laughs> and that makes it a little less believable to me. But it's still an amazing athletic move. But and also, you know, Neville's Red Arrow is incredible. Um, and then also Rob Van Dam's Five Star Frog Splash was always great. But the problem with that move is that Rob Van Dam. Whenever he makes impact for a few seconds after that, he's acting like he's in so much pain, and it's like that's that doesn't help it. You make that doesn't make you look cooler. So are you? You must be in pain because obviously you're hitting that person with just as much force as they're being hit with by you. I just never liked how Rob Van Dam just rises in pain after he hits that move, and that prevented me from putting it on there. But yeah, I, I'm a big fan of top turnbuckle aerial maneuvers, and, and I would probably rank Macho Man's Flying Elbow. It's very simple, but, man, such a classic. Uh, that inspired what you see from Rob Van Dam and Neville. Totally. So, 
Yeah, I, and I, it, it is Neville with the red arrow. Seth Rollins, I forget the name of his – I said red arrow for his move, but it's the one where he does the superplex and then immediately picks the guy back up and slams him again. Right. I can't remember the exact name of that, but, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Okay, so your number one is probably going to be my number one, I imagine, so I'm just going to let you take, take the lead on it. Yeah, I know that ours is probably the same thing. It's uh, uh, Das Wunderkin Alex Wright's reverse neck breaker. That's what you had, right? Yeah. How'd you know? Crazy, man. So much, so many episodes of Thunder uh, where he just crushed. Actually, I'm just kidding. I tried to find Alex Wright, uh, you know, getting over on people uh, with, and trying to find his finisher, and it's very rare to find that because he jobbed for so many people. And, and if you look on YouTube for Alex Wright matches, it's usually like, uh, you know, Hunter Hearst Helmsley getting over on him or him being squashed by, like, somebody like Ming or somebody. So, <laughs> Alex Wright did not win very often. Disco Inferno would beat him. Um, it's not so the, he, like, spinning roundhouse kick, is it? He had a couple. He had one that was, like, a, a, mod, a modified German suplex. He had that reverse neck breaker that would be his finisher. Um, but no, no like, signature move, unfortunately. Uh, he, <laughs> he, he did a lot of jobs for a lot of people. Signature dance. Um, he had a signature oh, yeah. dance. Yeah, and that was usually before the match started, which got a lot of heat on him, uh, and and which was paid off by by him getting squashed. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. Number one is Stone Cold Stone Cold Stunner. Uh, it's such a classic uh, because it, the reason I like it so much is that it, people say RKO uh, the RKO is out of nowhere. This was always out of nowhere because this happened so fast. That kick ha- would happen so fast, and once that kick happened, it's like the trigger's been pulled and he's he's going to drop the stunner on you. And, you know, so it was an impactful move that so many wrestlers sold so well, especially The Rock and uh, how he would, like, do back handsprings up and down the ring into the turn, into the ropes um, after the impact had hit. Uh, then, you, then you had the way he would do it comedically to people after matches were over where he'd be sharing a beer with somebody, and, and then, you know, he would stun them uh, when they weren't expecting it. You know, he stunned Donald Trump. Uh, <laughs> which is pretty cool that, that he would be if, – if Trump wins the election, he'll be the only sitting U.S. president to have received a stunner. Because <laughs> people say like, – you know, we all say, like, oh, that person deserves a stunner. It's like our little joke for when they've done something or said something stupid. And Donald Trump, you know, deserves a lot of stunners, like, every day, but he's actually gotten a stunner, which is pretty cool when you think about it. Yeah, definitely. It's a great point. He didn't sell it the best, but – I don't know. Maybe maybe he thought something would would fall out of place had he sold it correctly. But no, yeah, you're exactly right. It's all about. It's for me. It's it's all about the kick. Like when he kicks he kicks a person in the gut, and it doesn't matter. Like nobody is immune to to receiving a stunner. Like every it, it's it's always on the table, no matter how good a friends you are with him. No, no matter if you think that you're in cahoots with him or that you're you're you know aligned with him politically or whatever it doesn't matter how much he likes you how much you think you trust him you're probably going to get a stunner at some point if, if you're working with stone cold steve austin and every time it's hilarious especially when he drops it on people who think they're in good favor with him i mean the classic one the classic image for me is the shane mcmahon stunner where he drinking a beer with him and like he thinks uh, i'm drinking beers with stone cold now we must be cool we must be tight and you're just waiting for it the whole time and, and as soon as you think it's not going to happen and they're buddies and they're drinking beers shane realizes it <laughs> he 
it's just one of the greatest. It's just <laughs> one of the best executions of a comedic Stone Cold Stunner ever. And you should just find the find the GIF online or find the YouTube video. It's amazing. And the best the best seller is probably, quite honestly, The Rock. I mean, the guy was an artist when it came to selling the the Stunner. Scott Hall has one of the all time great Stone Cold Stunner sells. I mean, even even when at this past WrestleMania, it was a segment I didn't think was worthy of somebody, a legend like Stone Cold. But the fact that he brought the move back out on Rusev and, and then Xavier Woods when they tried to get him to dance after it seemed like the segment was over, it was just, it was classic, classic Stone Cold, classic stunner uh, maneuvering. And, and yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's just, it can happen at any time and for no reason at all. And it just, it's so great how... It's just the the move is so perfect for somebody who just is the the consummate rebel who doesn't trust anybody, and and he'll pull it out on you no matter what. Even like I said, even if it's even if you think you're in the clear, and that's to me what makes it such a classic move. And it's just it, it's a great move. It's just a great wrestling move, and and obviously has a lot of impact. I mean, your face is going into the guy's shoulder, and and it's just it's just so fun. It's it, like you said, it's like a trigger, then boom, and it's over, and it's. The, the match should be over too. So yeah, get the RKO out of here. Get the diamond cutter out of here. It's all about the stunner. A couple of real quick honorable mentions. I love the rocks, people's elbow, rock bottom combination. Uh, the finisher that, he, that was always great. And I, honestly, this one surprised me. I watched a couple of these on YouTube today. I like Booker T's scissors kick. <laughs> he just like comes, kicks you in the back of the head with his full leg. <laughs> It's a great finisher. I really like I, I It looks like it hurts, you know, which is the point. And I don't think – I know I wouldn't be able to get up from that. So, I, I enjoyed that. But this has been really fun looking looking back at all these finishers. And there's so many we didn't reference. I'm sure people will, you know, eviscerate us for a lot of, like, ring of honor finishers that are just <laughs> unbelievable, you know. Um, but, but yeah, it's really fun. It's a fun part of, of the, the narrative that you see in, in these matches when it's working well. Uh, so it's really it's really fun to go back and look at, at all these. Yeah, and we're, before we go here on Rammer Slammer, because he couldn't help himself and couldn't be left out of this conversation, we're about to hear from Ben Stark in his favorite finishers in wrestling history. But, Grant, before we do that, just tell me, among the active roster members, whether it's WWE or NXT, man or woman, what is your favorite finisher right now? Hmm. I, I got to say, it's it's probably Kevin Owens's uh, pop up power bomb. It just looks so cool. It's like it's like it's happening in slow motion, and you know it's doing a power bomb in mid when when both people are sort of mid, in mid air, and uh, I just think it's it's so cool on on in terms of what both athletes are doing, what both performers are doing. What about you? I love the red arrow, the the Neville yeah. finisher. It's amazing. I still really like the F five. But I'll tell you what, uh, this isn't necessarily my favorite, but one that really has, has kind of impressed me recently since since he went solo and has been doing these squash matches, Braun Strowman's reverse choke slam where he just slams the guy's face into the canvas from way up. I really like that as a finisher, and it's just it's perfect for a big man like him. So I, I like the Braun Strowman finisher, and even if he's not really any in, in a match of any consequence, down the road, I'm glad that they changed it from that ridiculous, like bear hug sleeper hold that he <laughs> debuted with. That was absolutely horrible. So I like the turnaround for Braun. 
All right. Well, Graham, thanks for talking this out with me. Very important issue, and I'm glad you brought politics into it to, to class up the joint with the Donald Trump stunner. So thanks again, and we'll talk soon. All right. Thank you. Hi, Rammer Slammers. This is Ben Stark from Huntsville, Alabama, talking about my favorite wrestling finishing moves. Thank you to Ben for having me on. There's a few different ways we could make this list, and there's a number of moves that I'm sure that Ben and Graham will discuss uh, on the show proper. So I had to figure out how I was going to construct my list. Um, Would it be finishers that look cool, finishers that are just kind of my favorite or that belong to my favorite wrestlers, Or can I pick the five finishers that look the most painful? And I ended up going with that qualification. Um, So here it is. I mean, theoretically, every move should look extremely painful, right? And that's why it's a finishing move. That's why it finishes a match. Uh, However, there's a few that are just so... Just if anybody threatened to put me in one of these moves or, or perform one of these moves on me... I would be terrified uh, of the outcome, even if they were a trained professional. So I'll just start off. Uh, my number five is Arn Anderson's Spinebuster. It's just part of this is the style and the delivery uh, that Arn Anderson has. It's just so nasty and it's so vicious, and uh, he just really seems to hate everybody that um, he throws this move into. Um, he and Tully Blanchard were known as the Brainbusters, and I'll, I'll go ahead and mention that. The Brain Buster or variations of the Brain Buster are also quite horrifying, but I'm not sure anybody really performs that as a finisher except for Austin Aries, and I'm not too familiar with his body of work. Number four is Goldberg's Jackhammer. It's uh, it's not just a vertical suplex, but it's also like this weird power slam thing after you've already been speared. So it's, it's always been a vicious-looking move, and it's impressive uh, no matter who he puts it on especially when it's somebody big like the Giant, like he did back in 1998. Uh, my number three is uh, one of my favorite variations of the Power Bomb, which is Mike Awesome's Awesome Bomb. He's a big guy. He was all often put up against guys that were smaller than him um, or guys that could bump uh, very well for him. And often he would do this off the top rope onto a table, uh, and it would always look painful. It always looked like he wasn't in full control, and he just was just putting you in the air and whatever is going to happen to you next was on you. And uh, so the the style, the sloppiness, the savagery with which Mike Awesome wielded the Awesome Bomb was impressive. Another variation of the Powerbomb that I really like is Kevin Owens' pop-up Powerbomb. I just really like the way that Owens lays it in when the guy runs up. He throws him in the air and then puts him back down. Uh, number two is a shame it's a, it's a sad pick for me because we don't get to see it very often or ever anymore. And that's the curb stomp by Seth Rollins. When you have a wrestler that's popularized in 2014, it's rare that you find him to have a simple finisher that is also very original and painful looking. And the curb stomp was just that. It's, it's a horrifying move. When you get somebody in there that can really perform it well, like Brock Lesnar, it's just a very effective move, and I hate to see it go. My number one is simply the Lariat. You could call it a clothesline if it's a transition move, but 
the doctor of the Lariat is Stan Hansen, who would just absolutely destroy people with, with one arm. There are many people that have tried to do it as well as him, but nobody really does it like Stan Hansen or Vader or a lot of those other big guys that would wrestle in Japan. The current New Japan Pro Wrestling Champion Okada has a really great variation of the, the Lariat called the Rainmaker that's uh, really versatile and, and is always a, a fun spot in his matches. But even he doesn't have the size or the just plain anger that Stan Hansen had when he would hit people with that Lariat. YouTube it if you haven't seen it. And then there's a few variations of the Lariat too that I could probably throw into this category, including the tag team maneuver, the doomsday device by the Road Warriors. One guy would put the opponent on his shoulders and the other guy would jump off the top rope and clothesline him off his shoulders. It may be the most devastating move that I could think of because not only do you have the impact of a flying man's arm, but you also have that fall and often the opponents would crumple on the back of their necks and it was just so nasty. So that's it. I mean, there's a lot of moves that just look very painful. Like I mentioned, the brain buster, various, various suplexes. But these are the ones that I thought were great finishers, but also looked extremely painful. And every time they come up in a match that I'm watching, I figure, well, that's, that match has to be over now because that was, that was too brutal to survive. Other things worth mentioning, of course, the Stone Cold Stunner, which is probably the greatest finishing maneuver of all time. Top rope elbow drop by Randy Savage, the figure four by Ric Flair, the perfect plex. Total elimination by the Eliminators is another devastating tag team move that I love a whole lot and has elements of the clothesline. I almost picked it as a, as a tie for number one. There's also the Destino by Naito. It's one of those that doesn't look extremely painful, but it just looks cool when it's pulled off. The Diamond Cutter, the RKO, is just so iconic. It's always fun, and you got to love any move that can just come out of nowhere. All right, those are my picks for my favorite finishers. This is Ben Stark with Wonder Mill Films in Huntsville. Thanks for having me on. Rammer Slammer is produced and edited by Ben Flanagan for the Alabama Media Group and AL.com. Find us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Rammer Slammer. Thanks for listening.